Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to a Christmas episode of Stat Me Up for Media Matters for Anfield Index. So, ladies and gents, we're going to start this pod like we started a lot of them at the moment. And the simple message is Liverpool, Liverpool, top of the league. And as ever on a Stat Me Up, I am delighted to be joined by the renowned and the respected Ben Boxack. Ben, how are we? Yeah, all good. Uh, hope everyone had a great Christmas. And uh, yeah, obviously can't complain right now with Liverpool being top of the league. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, we do hope everyone had a good Christmas, If you, even if you don't celebrate it. Goodwill to all men and all that, etc. So yeah, I mean, Ben, there's so many positives. There's so many things to, to talk through. We're going to walk through the Burnley game as normal. We've got Newcastle on New Year's Day. So we'll be talking about the stats around that. So it seems a a big game, a historical game that way as well. We've got a few people departing for a few different cups and it's not for a bit of New Year sunshine as most of us would hope to do, unfortunately. And we'll talk about the big talking points that are kicking around. So we'll talk about the talking. Probably could have used better English, but we're going to go with that anyway. So Burnley, Ben, I mean, 2-0, an early goal, and a late goal, a Darwin strike and a Jota one very late on. There's a, a heck of a lot that happened as well in between all that. But overall, when you're looking back now in the cold light of day, honest thoughts on the performance? I mean, I thought 
it was a good performance. You're not expected to win by a lot of goals away from home, uh, but it could have been a lot more comfortable if some if certain decisions went Liverpool's way as well. I think that's important mm-hmm. to highlight. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think away the most important thing is that you get the three points. Any, I wouldn't worry too much about the performance, even if we're looking at you know the top top Liverpool sides over the last few years. Uh, they've all sort of struggled to to get points or have to grind out results away from home, getting a lot of late goals and stuff like that. One, obviously, one memorable moment is probably Ragnar Klavan's goal at Burnley. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when Liverpool were, I think, 2-1 down away to Aston Villa and came back with just a few minutes to go and won 3-2. So, yeah, away from home, it's never going to be the most perfect performance, but what makes the great sides are, the, are is the fact that they get the three points and then they get the victory. Yeah, absolutely. Which which all that matters, considering we've been talking about recent times on this pod that we've not played well and won. We played okay, didn't we, in parts? Like you said, the uh, bar, and we'll try not to talk about Messrs Tierney and Hooper too much, but there you go in that regard. So this is an interesting one. Man of the match, because... It was on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime gave it to Virgil van Dijk. The sponsors, Carlsberg for Liverpool FC, gave it to Darwin Nunes. Who was the man of the match for you and what stats have we got to go with it as well? I think it's a close call for me between van Dijk and uh, Jarrell Kwanzaa. Uh, I think you know, Kwanzaa won nine aerial duels or something crazy like that in the game and he also completed the most passes with the 98 and was just really composed. And I thought there were a few moments Burnley looked to get in behind and he did really well, really mature for his age and dealt with those situations as well. But I think overall, in terms of Liverpool keeping their solidity, Virgil van Dijk was the key early, won all of his duels was only second to Kwanzaa in completed passes with 97. So just one behind Kwanzaa. And I think, yeah, for me, he deserved the man of the match from Amazon Prime. I thought it was a very, very composed performance from him, almost vintage Virgil van Dijk in that sense. And uh, it's great to see him in this kind of form because when he's in this kind of form, Liverpool look really difficult to beat. Yeah, and he, I even did my research for you, Ben. I saw that, the Van Dyke stats that, as you say, he won all his aerial duels. And at this stage of the season, I mean, to be recording an aerial duel success of around 82% is pretty outstanding when you look at historically as well. So, yeah, the defence are, are doing their bit more than anything at the moment. Now, we both love this man, Diogo Jota. He's back. Finally, it seems we've got someone almost who can finish a little bit at times, but... I know you did a tweet that went viral, so just share that with us. And what are we looking at from Jota's stats so far this season, even with the injury break that he's had? Yeah, I mean, I think obviously there was that period when he almost went a, a year without scoring a goal. But since then, he's come back. I think he scored two against Leeds United and he's been prolific ever since. Um, this season in particular, so I did the tweet that you're re- referring to when was about how many goals Liverpool players are averaging per minute this season and Diego Jota comes out on top with 103 mi- per, so a goal for every 103 minutes which is 
be better than Mohamed Salah, who I think is in second place with a goal every 122 minutes. So again, you know, there, Jota's prolificness and it's highlighted how much Liverpool have missed him in terms of his ability to score goals. Um, he, he comes out on clutch a lot of the times for Liverpool. And I think, you know, when we, we were talking about the front three and them struggling recently, Mm. Uh, maybe Jota wasn't necessarily in the conversation, but uh, I think that goal against Burnley showed just how much Liverpool have missed him. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's an interesting one. We will talk about it later because, as you say, when we talk about the front three, we don't really include Mo Salah's recent struggles, but it has shone a light recently, hasn't it, on Diaz, Gakpo and Nunes. So I do want to talk about them in a bit. And probably the one thing I want to finish on with Burnley is... Jarrell Kwanzaa, I mean, you said there, 98 completed passes. I mean, the thing about now Jarrell Kwanzaa is, considering he's only 20 20 years old, we're almost just coming to expect it from this kid, aren't we? It's not like, you know, you ease him in. And obviously there's a danger to that as well. But his stats for the season, based on what you're saying, and even for this game, this kid's really shining, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, he is. I think, Probably not. Maybe even Klopp himself didn't expect him to to have such a composed and and brilliant start. But every game it seems to just get better and better. And you know, I think his composure on the ball is is something that is key. I was looking at stats, and he's actually averaged per ninety minutes the most touches out of any Liverpool player. Wow. Uh, so just how involved he is, you know, most of the time when a young player, particularly a young defender, comes into the team. They're not, they're not likely to be involved as much as he is. They'll try and, you know, stay away from the ball almost because, you know, there's a bit of fear, a bit of panic about mm-hmm. making mistakes. But with Kwanzaa, it's the opposite of that. He wants the ball as much as possible. And I think that's highlighted by the fact as well that in his last eight starts, he's completed the most passes seven times. We've spoken about this already. Uh, but, you know, the only time he didn't complete out of his last eight starts, the most passes was against Crystal Palace when he was subbed off early. And in that game, while he was on the pitch, he still completed the most passes as well. Um, so, yeah, I think everything about him is, is really positive. I would like to see him maybe be a bit more effective in his passing sometimes, you know, like, I mean, it's to be expected from a young player, but he does try to play it safe. Uh, and, and and that's why when it comes to sort of progressive passes or passes into the final third, he doesn't rank as highly, particularly when you're looking at how many passes he's completing for 90. But I think that's something, you know, he can work on. Aerial jewels was, again, something that I thought, you know, he, he needs to improve on. But after Burnley and winning nine aerial mm. jewels, I think, I think you can see the improvement already. So, yeah, game by game, he's getting better and better. And it's really, really encouraging for Liverpool to see, particularly because, you know, this was a position where Liverpool was struggling. But now with Kwanzaa shown, he can play on the left and he can play on the right side of the, the, the back four, which is, again, something that I think maybe people don't really highlight as much. But the, the fact that he's been effective in both roles is is is, is also really positive. Yeah, it's like you say, you still just forget he's 20. We almost count him as such an important part overall of the squad now. It is unreal. And yeah, Burnley beaten top of the league. So that was a, a good finish to 2023. And 
to start 2024, the 1st of Jan, the evening kickoff, 8 o'clock, we'll visit, or Newcastle will visit Anfield. Now, I might be wrong on this. I know you're going to hit us up with some stats, Ben. This almost feels like the game where there's drama. You go to the historic four threes. You go to even last season when we were terrible, you go to the, if people remember it, the first time there was sort of the eight minutes at a time, Carvalho. It always feels like there's big moments, there's big events in this. I mean, do the stats tell us that, that Liverpool-Newcastle is a much watched, must watch, sorry, even for any neutral, basically? Yeah, I mean, especially in terms of goals, Newcastle have scored the second most goals with 37, Liverpool are sort of the joint third with 36, so yeah, you're expecting a lot of entertainment. I think Newcastle have also averaged the highest XG in the Premier League with 38.6. So, you know, they are a team who will create chances. And I think we saw that in in their last game against Nottingham Forest when they created a lot of chances but just couldn't finish them. Uh, very similar story in that sense to sort of Liverpool, um, you know, at times this season when Liverpool has created a lot of chances as well but just couldn't put them away uh, but yeah in in terms of that you know the fact that Newcastle have lost their last five games it, sorry their last so they lost five of their last seven games that's what I mean which is again pointing to the fact that you know there could be drama there could be entertainment uh Obviously, they'll be determined to bounce back, start 2024 and on, on the high uh, with Liverpool. The incentive is to you know, keep being at the top of the table as well. Uh, Liverpool do have you know, Anfield in their favour that this is a home game. Yeah. Newcastle haven't won there since 1995. When Interestingly, in that game, um, there was a player for Newcastle who now has a son playing for Liverpool. Um, if you can guess that, I'll be impressed. Wow, that's pretty impressive. A Newcastle player has got a son who plays for Liverpool and now I'm desperately scouring through anyone I think has got a famous football dad and I'm pretty sure it's not a Darwin Nunes, Luis Diaz or anyone <laughs> like that. So you're going to have to help me out with this one, Ben. Who are we talking? So, so, so it's Lee Clark and obviously his son. Oh, Bobby, Bobby Clark. Clark. Yeah, yeah, of course. There's so, a connection there. Yeah, that 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 show that kind of shows you how long ago it was that Newcastle have actually managed to get three points at Anfield. Um and but even just in terms of recently, you'll have to go back to twenty fifteen for any sort of Newcastle win in this fixture. Um Liverpool have won out of the last ten, Liverpool have won eight and drawn twice against Newcastle. So they tend to have a pretty good record. Hasn't been high-scoring games recently, 2-0, 2-1, those kind of results. But um, yeah, I think I- I'm expecting an entertaining game. Uh, I- I'm kind of expecting Newcastle to sort of try and counter-attack Liverpool, which can be tricky at times. But you know, this being Salah's last game, um, Endo's last game, I- I- I'm expecting all of those to step up. Uh, and and just finally to leave to to leave with a, a good start as well. Um, out of all the English teams, Darwin Nunes has scored the most goals against Newcastle with three goals in in two games. And overall, he's played just seventy two minutes against them. So 
three goals in, in that amount of time is, is not bad. Yeah, not at all. I, I was going to ask you because naturally we, we've had a bit of a rest since that, that Burnley game. I mean, Jurgen Klopp said he's given the boys a few days off. Lineup wise, I mean, you name checked Endo and Salah there before they go off to the specific, um, Pacific Cup and AFCON. So, and you mentioned obviously the ghost of Darwin Nunes, which I'm sure will hurt Geordie's everywhere. Are you expecting those three to be in the lineup? And how do you see us setting up for this one? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, I think given the fact that there, there was a bit of a gap between this game and the Boxing Day fixture, I yeah. think it's going to be pretty similar to the, to the, game, to the one that started against Burnley. Um, maybe with a few exceptions but I think yeah overall I'm potentially Dominic Sobosai could come back into the side Graven Birch might drop out but overall I think that, that won't, I'm not expecting a lot of changes yeah I could well imagine it almost feels doesn't it like strongest lineup this get it won for the cup start so yeah it does feel a, a massive game again and it's almost a downer moment when we're saying this, but we've got to talk about it. Endo and Salah, as we say, are departing. I mean, Endo especially. We, we, we could we could talk about Mo Salah till the cows come home. We know what we love his stats, but we will get into that. But Endo especially is it what's been a huge week. He's been prominent there, hasn't he? Against Arsenal, against West Ham, and against going back even United. He was one of our best better performers even the best you could argue that are there any sort of key stats because I know you've been a big shouter or a big champion of Endo are there any sort of key stats you'd sort of call out for him even against Burnley or in recent times and I know you could wax lyrical about Mo Salah at the same time as well yeah of course I mean I think the one that was interesting is the fact that he hasn't lost a game for Liverpool that he started in in the Premier League Um, nice that, that that was going viral, I think, uh, over the last few days on social media. And I think that kind of shows you his importance. But overall, I think in the last few games, what stood out for me is his sort of ability on the ball, as well as his reading of the game. And in, in the last three games alone, he's created six chances. So that's around two per game, which is, which is quite good for a holding midfielder. Um, I, I was looking at sort of his other stats as well, out of midfielders, He's averaged the most progressive passes into the final third for Liverpool. Uh, so again, he's making those key passes, progressing the ball into dangerous territories. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's something that Fabinho was really good at and now Endo is doing really well as well. And, and I think because of that, you see a better balance in midfield, uh, 
Liverpool playing better overall and, and getting more victories and, and, and not losing as well. Uh, but as well, in terms of his reading of the game, only Virgil van Dijk has averaged more interceptions for 90 for Liverpool in all competitions. Van Dijk's on 1.44 interceptions for 90 and Endo's on 1.41. So marginally better. Van Dijk is marginally better, sorry. And but but Endo is not far behind, and I think those kind of stats obviously show just how important he's been on and off the ball for Liverpool. Yeah, no doubts about it. I mean, in a way, the stats are amazing, but you've almost made me feel worse that he's departed now, Ben, as well, just as he's come into form. I mean, with the two that are going, the natural question people are going to be, and people will have already rationalised it in the mind or had their thoughts of who's going to be almost and maybe this is the wrong word, but the beneficiaries, the ones who are going to step up, so to speak, in Salah and Endo's answer and absence, sorry. Endo, naturally people are going to look at McAllister coming back to the six and where he's played most of the season and, you know, that, that will sort of correlate. Salah, how do you see that forward line adjusting and adapting specifically in there? I mean... It's going to be difficult. I think not just in terms of, you know, goals scored, but in terms of the creative aspects of Salah, because I think that often goes un- unnoticed, but he's created the most big chances in the Premier League out of anyone with 14. Uh, he has the joint most assists with seven. Uh, for Liverpool, he has the second most shot creating actions with 88 behind Alexander Arnold and the second most key passes as well with 46 again behind Alexander-Arnold. So I think he's been really important in that creative side of the game. Um, he's also has the most carries into the box with 40 and the second behind him is Darwin Nunez with 20 for Liverpool. Wow. So you know, just in terms of his offensive output, uh, it's going to be difficult to replace. But I think if we're looking at players who could potentially do it, Harvey Elliott, I think, is probably the best bet for me uh, just because he's left-footed. He's quite dynamic when he's on the ball. I know he's not got the most speed about him, but when he's on the ball, he's actually, he's actually got a bit of pace. He's, he can be quite fast. And in terms of his underlying numbers as well, he's, he's creating regularly, similarly to Salah. And, and he's a goal threat as well. Uh, if, if we're looking at who are the players who are averaging the most shots for Liverpool in all competition? Uh, Salah is second with 3.32. Uh, only Darwin Nunez, unsurprisingly, has more than him. Yeah. But, but behind Salah is Diego Schotto in third place with 3.30. Um, and then in fourth place is, is Harvey Elliott with 3.26. Uh, obviously, a lot of those shots are coming from outside the box. They're, they're quite risky shots as you would say so he's got he's only got a 30% shot on target rate or around that uh, and and that's that's quite poor uh, but if we're looking at where he's taking his shots from outside the box and stuff like that it's not the worst uh, sort of rate um, and and if you know he's being pushed further up the pitch into more of a salary role he might have an opportunity to take shots closer to goal and, and yeah. have more chances of, of scoring from them as well. But but overall, I think Elliot is probably the best bet moving him into that right wing role. This could have been a good opp- opportunity for, for Ben Doak. 
but unfortunately, you know, he's got that injury. Yeah. I think obviously we've seen Shotto play on the right hand side as well, so that's another option. Um I'm personally not that convinced by Shotto on the right. I think he's a lot more effective in the middle or, or yeah. on the left, but it does give Luke Klopp more options and I think overall Shotto coming back is, is gonna be a big influence for for the other strikers as well. It might kick kick them up the backside a little bit and you know motivate them to, to import, improve their form because I think what we saw in the last eight games or the last month when Shotta wasn't available is maybe a bit of complacency from the attackers because Liverpool didn't have as many options and that meant you know you don't have to perform as well because you know you're almost guaranteed to play because of the injuries and, and the players mm-hmm. aren't available yeah, it's true. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's, there's obviously five senior forwards, not including Harvey Elliott in that mix. And it would make sense that he would be the the one that steps up. I mean, they all kind of contribute. Well, not really. You know, how how's best to put this? They all contributed the other night. Diaz, Gakpo, Nunes. That's what we're talking about. However, we have got sort of, question marks. It's understandable certain fans will have question marks against them, as you alluded to over the the last few games. Be that complacency, be that whatever, just out of form. You know, it, it's not really clicked, especially for a few of them. Do you think that sort of could be the catalyst, Diogo Jota coming back, but also the Burnley game? Is the hope, looking at the stats, that that could be a, a kick-on and something more for you? Yeah, I mean, you you got to hope this is the catalyst. Like you mentioned, they they were all involved in the goals, which is really encouraging to see. I think uh, that was the first time in a while they were all involved in, in goals yeah. in, in a game. So, um, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at Diaz, he's only made, that was his first goal contribution in his last eight games for Liverpool. Gakpo was his second. <laughs> and Nunez, it was his third. So, you know, those are really poor stats for an attacker. Um, and I think now this being the Newcastle game, Newcastle be having one of the best defensive records in the league, um, obviously it's going to be difficult. But I think the fact that Liverpool and 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 sorry, the fact that you know all these attackers managed to to, to get a goal contribution, and uh, I think it can be some sort of catalyst. Um, their underlying numbers are, are pretty good particularly Nunez he's taken so many yeah. shots he's, he's averaging such a high XG uh, but Gakpo as well he, he, he's getting into the box a lot uh, okay he's maybe not having the most touches in the game not having the most influence but he's still a goal threat and and, and Diaz is maybe the only one who doesn't have that goal threat but um, you know I think overall for an attacker, sometimes all you need is is one assist, one goal, and and that will give you confidence. We've seen that with Nunez recently, when you know he got a goal contribution, and suddenly he went on a really good run, and he was yeah. feeling really confident. Uh, that's normally happened when he was he's been on international duty, and he scored a few goals there, and he's come back to Liverpool firing. Uh, obviously, after the last international break, that didn't quite happen, but um, hopefully that goal, which was a really good finish will give him the confidence and will help him sort of begin anew and, and and go on another great run for Liverpool because, yeah, I think 
as well the opportunity for a striker to become yeah. the main man without Salah there that would motivate me and I think Nunez is probably the prime candidate for that yeah fingers crossed I mean it, it has been a pretty barren run and he's looked you know the, the lack of confidence has been evident but we still can't forget with Darwin Nunes. I mean, eight goals and eight assists. I mean, pretty much halfway through the season as well. So those are really decent numbers. But like you said, does tend to be a bit more streaky as we've seen. So hopefully it's a kick on from there. And I suppose going to the other end of the pitch, I mean, we've talked about Virgil and how good his stats have been in recent times. And throughout the season, he's been unbelievable. Joe Gomez. I mean, the Liverpool Swiss Army knife, centre-back, right-back, and now left-back, as Jurgen Klopp said. We've got to wrap him in cotton wool, essentially. I mean, do the stats back up just how good a lot of us feel Joe Gomez and how essential he's been to us at times this season as well? Absolutely. I think Gomez is on the kind of form that if I was Gareth Southgate, I would make him a certainty in, in the next England squad. Um, yeah, for Liverpool, he's, he's won the most tackles in all competitions. Also, averaged the most tackles and interceptions, but ninety at four point five seven. But I think one of the, the key stats for me, which I wanted to highlight, because you mentioned already, Virgil Van Dijk averages as the best sort of aerial duel percentage in the Premier League mm-hmm. with with around eighty two percent. Joe Gomez actually has the second best in the Premier wow. League out of all players with 79.2%. Um, so, you know, the fact that I, I think that's quite impressive, especially because yeah. I remember years ago when Michael Owen said that he was too short to be a centre-back at six, point, six, six foot two, mind you. So, And, and it was Michael Owen, of course, who doesn't know a lot when it comes to, <laughs> to a lot of things, in, in particular to do with football. Um, but I think, you know, overall, all the defensive numbers are, are really encouraging. Um, now that he's playing left back and obviously he's right footed, uh, we're seeing a lot of shots from him as well, which is interesting. I think we haven't yeah. seen that from Gomez in, in a while. He's always, when, when he's played right back, he's always putting the crosses in, but now he can cut, cut onto his right foot and get a few shots on. And, and it's given me hope that. We will finally see that first Joe Gomez Liverpool goal. Uh, he's come a, come close a few times now, actually, in the last few games. But yeah, I mean, for a defender, the most important stats are the defensive numbers, and he is up there with, with some of the best in the Premier League right now. That's why I think if I was Southgate, it's a no-brainer for me. I'm, I'm calling him up to to the England squad in March and. Um, if he keeps us going, he he's, he would be in 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 the Euros as well. Um, but yeah, uh, for Liverpool, I think the longer he doesn't get caught up, the better it is because you know he gets a better rest, a longer rest, and and you minimise the risk of injuries as well. Yeah, too right. Let's hope Gareth Southgate keeps him in splendid isolation, so to speak, and doesn't quite realise what he's got on his hands and. Yeah, even like I say, those numbers are incredible, especially the aerial part. And as we've seen, even going forward, he's getting so close. That one, the cross, just sort of bent round the post against Arsenal. We thought he was in for a second. But yeah, he is having an impact in all areas. So it is right, he is getting his flowers there, Joe Gomez. So 
Ladies and gents, all it really needs me to say, that was the final Stat Me Up of 2023. So thank you for all your, your likes. Thank you for all the comments that come in, all the things that we do try and give you the key stats, bring a bit of insight and analysis from the recent games. Most importantly, the final thing to, to say, because I'm just the, the host, but the, the main man himself, Ben, Thank you very much for your time and your insight in 2023, mate. It's been much appreciated. Yeah, it's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to 2024 and hopefully you know, more success on the way for Liverpool. Indeed. And funnily enough, we're unbeaten since we've started doing these. We've been unbeaten for a while, <laughs> true, but we're just going to take that anyway. So, ladies and gents, we hope you've enjoyed your Christmas. We hope you enjoy your new year and we hope you enjoy Liverpool and 2024. So, without further ado... That was the final Stat Me Up for Anfield Index. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.